you know, I've been doing this professionally for about 10 years and it doesn't seem to be getting any easier for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I really thought it was supposed to get easier. And welcome back to another special edition of The Writer Files, focused squarely on creativity and how to keep the creative juices flowing under duress. But New York Times bestselling author, Austin Kleon, returned to talk about his journey, awareness of technology, and his new book. A quick note that this podcast is produced solely by yours truly and New Media Dojo, my production moniker. And I'm incredibly thankful to you for your continued listenership and loyalty. Please leave us a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm, where I humbly ask you to support the show with an anonymous, secure donation to help us keep going with more great writerly content. For listeners who donate $25 or more and leave me a note, I will include your name and the type of writing you're working on, on air, or in the show notes. Just head over to writerfiles.fm and click the donate button. It's anonymous. And thank you sincerely. Austin Cleon has been deemed one of the most interesting people on the internet, and he is a writer who draws best known for illustrated creativity manifestos, steal like an artist, and show your work. His latest, Keep Going, 10 Ways to Stay Creative in Good Times and Bad, is the third book in his quote-unquote box set. It offers 10 simple, timeless, practical rules for how to stay creative, focused, and true to yourself for life. Important messages for writers lie ahead. His work has been translated into over 20 languages and featured on NPR's Morning Edition, PBS NewsHour, and the Wall Street Journal. And Mr. Cleon speaks about creativity in the digital age for organizations as varied as Pixar, Google, South by Southwest, TEDx, and The Economist. In part one of this file, Austin and I discussed how to stay inspired in crazy times. Why life is hard and creative work is harder. How to think of creativity like the movie Groundhog's Day. Why you should stay mindful and practice in public. The importance of lists, rituals, routines, and writing every day. And the authors that have shaped Austin's skepticism of technology and his creative journey. Stay tuned. The Writer Files is brought to you by my friends at copyblogger.com. Words that work. Build your online authority with powerfully effective content marketing. Get superior content marketing education so you can build a remarkable online presence. Authors, bloggers, journalists, online publishers, and entrepreneurs, head over to copyblogger.com to learn more. That's copyblogger.com. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, Please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published and leave us a rating or a review over on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. And we are back on the Writer Files once again. I am honored by a returning guest here kicking off uh, 2019 season of uh, Fantastic Authors. Austin Cleon is back on the show to update his file, and he has a good reason to be here. Thanks for for, uh, returning to the Writer Files, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to to wrap with you again. Of course, I'll point 
listeners to our original talk. It was about four years ago. Was it that long? Yeah, yeah. Four years Time ago. Twice. I think we were talking about uh, Show Your Work. Yeah. And that is a two-part a two-part episode that we did just on, you know, basically your your background as a writer. We talked about uh, all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> Creativity, the writing life. But a lot of the stuff that you're kind of revisiting in this uh, fantastic new one, Keep Going, which I am enjoying. I'm savoring it. Uh, 10 Ways to Stay Creative in Good Times and Bad. And I think it comes at a, at a uh, pretty pretty apropos time in history but i feel like you put a lot of a lot of your your life wisdom into this tell us a little bit about uh the genesis of keep going yeah um so it's been five years since i put out show your work um and in that time uh, the world kind of took a turn for the worse. I feel like, like, I feel like, uh, I feel like, you know, things, you know, the climate right now is, is so much different than when show your work came out, um, both from a political perspective and from a technology perspective. So that's Mm -hmm. been kind of interesting. I think, you know, we're all feeling like things are sort of out of control, but in both politics and in, um, so like the bigger state of the world, but also what social media is kind of doing to us as we're trying to use these tools that we use to do our work that also can distract us and kind of drain us. So there's kind of that context, but also I find myself, you know, I've been doing this professionally for about 10 years and it doesn't seem to be getting any easier for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I really thought it was supposed to get easier. And so like those two things together made me think, well, what, you know, what, what is going on here? And finally things sort of let up for me when I realized, you know, life is hard and creative work is harder and the world is crazy. And it always takes a lot of effort to focus and do your work and find, you know, your expression and and your voice and, and, and just a career. And, And so I wanted to write a book about that. I wanted to write a book about, you know, how simply how does one, take these things that they want to do and, and kind of do them indefinitely um, and turn them into a real life. And so that that's where Keep Going came from. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting because it feels like, you know, it's just a natural extension of, um, you know, th- these illustrated creativity manifestos, um, both still like an artist and show your work. Do you feel like it's it's part of a like a trilogy kind of? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I I definitely um, I think this book stands alone, but I also Mm -hmm. think that um, I mean, I think all the books kind of stand alone, but I think they definitely talk to each other. And I definitely was thinking of a trilogy uh, when I was making Keep Going. And it was funny because I was trying to think of like good trilogies and Mm -hmm. it's actually very difficult, especially (laughs) when like especially when you think about like I'm always thinking about movies like movie trilogies like okay well which you know what what movie trilogies are are really great like and and what can you learn from them and like how do you how do you make a set of books or or artifacts where 
they can all stand alone, but then they also talk to each other. And the third one, you can sort of read them in any order, but if you if people are used to a certain order, they have expectations coming into the third one, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it was an interesting thing to kind of think about them in terms of a trilogy, but I, I, I do... I I do kind of feel like this is my like kind of box set, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I feel, and I feel like they're um I think they're really sort of good for where you are in your own kind of career. Like I think Steal Like an Artist is a great graduation gift, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Show Your Work is like a very like good like okay you found your thing like now here's how to like take the next step get out there that kind of thing and i think keep going is like at any point if you kind of get burnt out or you're trying to figure out why you picked this in the first place because so yeah i think they um i definitely think of them as a trilogy now and i i'm happy with uh i am happy with how it turned out and I don't know if there's going to be another one or not, but in this series, but I, they all feel like they feel like a series to me. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely um, kind of sense that that through line. And then you know, you're a you're a writer who draws, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of you know, I know we've spoken about how you've spoken about at length how how writers aren't born; they're made. Um, and you have this, this kind of connection, uh, or this interesting intersection interplay between the creative worlds of, you know, the writing piece and obviously the art, art artistry of, um, these books is fantastic and, and they're just beautiful, I think. But also, yeah, you could take one off the shelf and kind of open to any page as a reminder for something, but you can also read them kind of straight through as a, um, as a, I don't know. I, I just, I'm fascinated by this new one. I'm really enjoying it quite a bit, but well, thank spe- you. It, it really, spe- <laughs> it really speaks to right now. I think for what a lot of, um, creatives and, and writers are yeah. probably dealing with. The trouble with the book like this is like, you want to be timely on the one hand, like you want to be like, no, it really does feel right now. Like this is like just this moment that we're all struggling with. So you want to be timely, but you also want to try to be timeless too. You know, you want to try to like, and I think that's like sort of what the book is trying to do too, is, is it's trying to, you know, let people, I think the structure of the book for me, it's almost like a, it starts out and you're just trying to stop the bleeding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like the beginning of the book, uh, which starts with, um, every day is groundhog day. I I wanted people to just be like, look, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about yesterday. You just have to think about today. Like you just have to think of each day as, as an opportunity to do what you want to do and you're going to fail, but then you're going to get another one and it's going to be fine. And to sort of take that AA approach of taking one day at a time. Mm -hmm. But then by the end of the book, I wanted people to feel comfortable enough to think about, um, you know, creativity in terms of seasons and to start thinking about like longer periods of time and like locating yourself in, you know, kind of even cosmic time in a sense. And so I, I wanted the book to kind of have that trajectory and hopefully I, I, I did it okay. But like it was, I feel like everyone right now, it's like, there's so much going on that you almost need to like stop the bleeding. Like I said, you know, and then you, 
need to treat those wounds and then you can like kind of ease up and, and think more big picture about it. I'm mixing metaphors, but that's how <laughs> I felt. You know, I felt like, you know, you need to start on the micro level and mm-hmm. then kind of end up on this macro level. That's of really time. cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, the 10 simple rules for you know, really how to stay creative, focused and, and true to yourself, I think are very important as you, uh, you know, kind of go through them. But, um, you know, I, I've seen you practicing in public and it's something that you've preached in the past, uh, just about the, the, your kind of, your kind of creative routine. And that's uh, part and parcel kind of with what you're talking about in the book, obviously the Sisyphean task of, of, uh, <laughs> keeping, keeping, you know, just keeping it going. But, uh, yeah, I get that really important mindfulness piece. I think that's just, uh, really, really a key to most creative endeavors, don't you think? Just being able to, as you say, kind of, or as uh, I think it's an Annie Dillard quote that, uh, the, you know, your schedule, your routine defends from the chaos of, uh, you know, what we're all dealing with right now, which is this, uh, unfortunate, you know, these algorithms that, that uh, <laughs> are keeping us from actually getting stuff done. Yeah. yeah. And how mixed in it all is. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, it's, it's all, you know, Annie Dillard, you know, she has a couple of quotes in this one, but the one I loved was a, a, a schedule, uh, you know, she says a schedule def- defends from chaos and whim yeah. and also that it's a net for catching days. I love that, that it's a net for catching days. I love yeah. thinking of I, I really wanted to think about the day. Uh, all of my work has kind of been working towards this point of like, you know, creative people thinking about the day as an opportunity, like right. as a site for work to happen and to think about how little chunks of effort over time stack up into something big. I mean, that was like the big message of show your work. I felt like, and, and, and I just, um, there hasn't been any other way for me to, to operate. I, I just, it's, it's taken me this long to realize that as long as I have some sort of daily routine, um, some sort of daily practice that that will like pull me through the days and I will look back and something will have happened and to have faith in that kind of process is, is really important for me right now. The thing I'm struggling with is I'm about to go on tour yeah. and, um, you know, any chance at a routine is kind of blown to hell. Um, but one of the things I talk about in the book is, is, is lists and I think lists um, can help you when you don't have a routine. Um, and what I mean by that is like when I'm on the road, instead of having a routine in terms of like how things unfold in time, basically what I do is I have a checklist. So it's like um, I have these check boxes that I need to fill each day. And the art of the day is just getting those boxes checked. So it's like, I know that there are at least three things that I have to do every day in order to feel good about myself. Hmm. I have to write every day and I have to read every day and I have to walk every day. Like I know for sure that those three things are kind of crucial ingredients to my day. And, uh, so I try, so it's going to be a great experiment, um, 
in these next two months, but I'm going to try very hard to fill those boxes yeah. each day. And, and, um, so it'll be interesting the, the the, I think the most creative thing that I'll have to do in this next couple of months is just to figure out when those boxes get checked and how, Right. Um, but I, I'm interested in this idea of a, a, a routine, like how, how is it portable and, and it is routine, uh, you know, as much as I advocate for a routine, are there other things that can make up for it? You know, can lists help? Can, uh, can rituals help? Because I don't think rituals yeah. are the same as routine. Like that's kind of what's interesting about Mason Curry's book, which I talk about, you know, he, t- he called his book, um, daily rituals, uh, how artists work. And a ritual is very different than a routine, actually. I mean, a ritual can be part of a routine, but I think of a routine as more of like a schedule or or like a way things on you know kind of unfold every day. And a ritual is almost more like a um a way you get into something. Like and I think of it like um, you know, like you can pray anywhere. Like if you're a, if you're a religious person, like you can pick a plate, like you have a ritual for praying and you can do that anytime in any place. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to have a routine for it. So I'm very, I'm very, I, I, I haven't, I'm, I'm speaking about things I haven't figured out yet, which is always very tricky. <laughs> <laughs> I always love to, t- to wait till a podcast to do that. But, yeah. but I'm, I'm thinking about these, these ideas as I'm like out on, uh, about to go out on the road and, and it always fascinates me, but it always comes back to like, how do you get work done? You know, how do you, how do you trick yourself into, into working? (laughs) Right. That's, that's a good way to put it. Um, well, there's so many great pieces in there and, um, you know, like I said, I've watched you practice in public over the the last four years because I follow you on your website, um, austincleon.com. I also subscribe to your newsletter and, uh, follow you on Twitter. So I see these pieces and then when they all come together into a fantastic book, like keep going, it's so cool to see them all in one place, but then also all like coherent and cogent, these thoughts on, um, productivity and then unplugging. I like this, uh, I like this page so much, log off, mute all, (laughs) carry on. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we're all dealing with, as you put it, you know, this media oversaturation and, and. Uh, this constant barrage of notifications we've talked about quite a bit on this show um, with neuroscientist Michael Gribko, actually kind of, you know, the cult of busyness and, and this multitasking that we're all kind of, you know, we feel like we're getting a lot done, right? Yeah. We're, but we're not actually accomplishing much, especially totally. from a creative perspective. Um, you know, I think another great book, um, I spoke with author uh, Manoush Samarodi, uh, author of uh, this book, Bored and Brilliant. I don't know if you've oh, that sounds interesting. Run into that one, and and her whole um, thesis was uh, how spacing out can unlock your most productive and creative self. And a lot of that was grounded in neuroscientists and uh, neuroscience and and cognitive psychology. But it was kind of an experiment where she had the listeners of her podcast. Um, she's a WNYC podcast host of a show called Note to Self, which I think uh, got oh, rebooted. Yeah on another, uh, it's going to be on, uh, another network coming out soon. But anyway, uh, it's a great idea about, you know, just 
I don't know. I mean, she talked a lot about how we need to beware of the technology that claims to solve problems with more technology. You know what I mean? This great, yes. uh, this great well, catch well, twenty-two. I, yeah, there is a level of, um, and I have to say that in my own life, there was there's a real level of tech skepticism that's sort of in the background of this book. And there were two thinkers in particular that really shaped me in the past couple of years. The first was Neil Postman, who I think Mm. is, you know, uh, wrote about so many things that I'm interested in. But the book that I think it's, it was written, I think in like 85, it's almost as old as me, but it's called Mm. um, Amusing Ourselves to Death. (laughs) And, um, you know, he was writing about television. But uh, most of that book, particularly in terms of Trump, because Trump is such a TV person that, you know, he really was, that's, people forget like how long he's been around. (laughs) So like, like some of the things that Postman writes about in that book, like really speak to his moment too. And, and actually Andrew Postman, I think that's his name is is Neil Postman's son wrote a really brilliant op-ed about how that, um, that book sort of kind of like, like predicted the Trump presidency. So that, Hmm. that book was really in my, my, my mind. And that's in the reading list, actually in the back of the book, the person who, shaped me the most though is is this very I, I think she's fairly obscure to Americans for sure but her name is um Ursula Franklin and she didn't she didn't die that long ago but she um she had a very interesting career she was a metallurgist and um she got really interested in uh i think it was the techniques of chinese um like metallurgy but basically what she really became in interested in was technology and she was a Quaker. Um, and so she just had these really beautiful ideas about technology and its role in our life. And, and the book that she wrote was actually not a quote unquote real book. It was a, a book of lectures that she gave called the real world of technology. And, um, I, this book really, really changed a lot of how I felt, about um, um, you know tech and 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 thinking about technology not just in terms of like nouns but as verbs um, mm. because one of the things that Ursula Franklin writes about is that technology is actually a way of doing things that and so and so she pushes her listeners to really think about technology in a in a wider sense and to think about appropriate technology um, and and that's a phrase that I am really, really obsessed with right now is appropriate technology. What are mm-hmm. the appropriate technologies for getting the kind of work done that we're trying to do? And so she was a big influence. She also wrote really beautifully about democracy and feminism and and, and a lot of subjects in a really kind of um, just really accessible, beautiful way. And And the other thing I really got from her is she talks about si- – because she's a Quaker, she talks about silence as a space for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And I and I love that idea. And I think that, you know, when we're doing creative work, like to, to make time for silence and solitude and to really make space for things to happen, I think that is really a, a beautiful lesson for all creative people to learn. For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for this half of The Writer Files. And if you enjoy their podcast, please subscribe to the show. 
and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. You can leave us a comment or question and visit the entire archive at writerfiles.fm where we humbly ask you to support the show with an anonymous secure donation to help us keep going with more writerly content. Just use the donate button at writerfiles.fm and thank you. You can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. Thank you.